When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So it's been a whole year. Do you remember when this started and we were like full of optimism and banana bread and yoga? And I kid you not, I've resorted to writing poetry and... My last Google search is me looking at the behaviours of a British short-haired cat because I'm contemplating getting an animal in my life. I actually don't like the person I'm becoming. (laughs) Happy lockdown anniversary, everyone. And welcome back to After the Tone. Congratulations, you survived a year of a plague. <laughs> it's been a whole year of our lives. Wild, isn't it? Um, but at least we're alive, right? There you go. Ever the optimist. Hello, person, wherever you're listening to this from. If you don't know by now, my name is Scotty. And together with my lovely friend, Deb, producer Deb to you, we let you commandeer our digital waves for about 40 minutes each week, creating what some critics might describe as complete nonsense. But what I like to lovingly refer to as complete nonsense. At least I'm making myself laugh for it all, do you know what I mean? Uh, Trigger warning, there might be some profound responses from me, because I'm in that sort of mood today, and come on, tell the truth, otherwise it would be actually quite a dull experience for everybody, (laughs) because you're not that interesting people. (laughs) There you go, I said it. Luckily I'm a very giving person, chance to be a fine thing. FYI, if you hear something that you'd like to chip in on, or if you're dying to tell me something about something or other, worry not, stick around, because at the end of the show, I'll give you a number to call on your little mobile phone there, and uh, you can join these bunch of dickheads, and you don't even need to have credit on your phone. Marvels of modern technology. Uh, Right, I'm going to get myself a cuppa, a brew, I'm going to wet my whistle. (laughs) Again, chance would be a fine thing. (laughs) Uh, and we'll see who's pissed up the after the tone wall this week. Load it up, Debs. 
Hello, it's Kim here, third time caller, long time listener. I've just come out of surgery <laughs> and I'm very high still. And listen, I'm on a blood pressure monitor. So JRF, feeling you right now, it is busy as hell. <laughs> um, this is maybe going to be a regretful call later, who knows, but happy days all went well. I'm alive. Blood pressure monitor being loud. Love the podcast. Bye. Oh, hello, lovely Kim. <laughs> that was quite the sound journey, wasn't it? And I also really love the fact that you were like, hello, it's Kim here. So I think we might just call you Kim here from now on. I quite like that there's this sort of rite of passage that's emerging from after the tone that if you're on a blood pressure machine... <laughs> <laughs> you get to call up with some like jazzy tunes behind you. It was reminding me of what I think people call the bear community. A sort of rite of passage in the bear community is a sleep apnea machine. <laughs> so much so that I've seen people's profiles. I mean, not that I'm searching for those sort of people on the internet because they actually repulsed me, fat people. <laughs> imagine could you imagine if after all of this time i secretly hated fat people anyway so a sleep apnea machine is it's like the blue peter badge of fat gays i wonder if the proverbial badge we've been talking about is actually a blood heart monitor machine so far two people have got it and then when you said oh you might regret this call i tell you what i've done far worse off my nut i've vomited in handbags plural for a good five years. So, I mean, if calling up this podcast and saying I might regret is the biggest regret you've got, I mean, come back when you've got something a bit juicy, please, Kim here. Hi, Scotty. It's Michelle here from over the water in the homeland. Top of the morning to you. I'm just sitting here. It's 2am and I'm listening to After the Tone while I fold some laundry, as you do. I'm sitting here folding my underpants because I'm in my 30s and that's something that I do now. And it's just struck me that I think I have too many pants or underpants or underwear or knickers or whatever you want to call them. At last count, I have 32 pairs here that I've just folded. And I feel like that would be okay, except my underwear drawer is not empty. And I also have a bag that I have yet to unpack that has at least a week's worth of underwear in it too. So I'm kind of having an existential crisis. How much underwear is too much underwear? And can I also emphasize that this is just everyday underwear. The lingerie is separate. There's none of that here. Am I normal? How many pairs of underwear do normal people have? Well, I think that's always going to be a difficult question to answer here. Am I normal? (laughs) Because I think everyone's 50p short of the full ticket. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just going to make the assumption that you are off your rocker because it just makes it easier for everybody. Hello, Michelle from over the way. I'm inclined to say that you might be a first time caller. Welcome. Welcome to the gang. Um, Folding your pants. That Mary Kondo, Marie Kondo. How do you say her name? Marie, Mary, that one Kondo, who was asking you to have a relationships with your underwear, has a lot to answer for. 
in my opinion. Because I think a pant drawer, you should just sort of bung them in. Now, I have a rule with pants. Essentially, you've got to replenish them. Come on, they're rubbing up and down your bits and your bops and, you know, the whole thing of you for the whole day. You do have to replenish those things. So I don't know why you're holding on to 32 pairs. I think you need to go through them and be a bit ruthless. See, all of my pants are the same. I've got a thing about colour. So I either have black pants, white pants or grey pants. I mean, this is the most uninteresting thing I've ever said in my whole entire life. So, you know, there's that. I think 32 pairs is a wee bit excessive if I'm going <laughs> to... If I'm going to cast aspersions. Because if that doesn't include your sexy stuff, like, where the fuck are you keeping this shit? (laughs) Have you got, like, drawers and presses and cupboards and fucking everything full of knickers, pants, lingerie? I mean, good on you. Do you know what? Actually, I take it back, Michelle, because you need something to do in your life, evidently. Because you listen to this and you're folding your pants. So maybe upping the amount of pants that you've got will um, really take you to the next level. (laughs) The things we talk about over here is no one's business, is it? Hi, Scotty. Care here and all the after the tone crawl down the pub. Crawl. Crew. Listen, just be a quick one because um, please don't grass me up. My head popped and I had to escape and my dear friend let me go and stay in Wales for the weekend. And I'm staying there for an extra day. Shh, don't tell the government. I broke COVID restrictions. But, you know, I can look you in the eye and tell you that I'm doing all I can. I'm doing all I can. 100% last week, mate. I hear what you're saying. I was quite pissed quite pissed now actually getting into bed and i just suddenly remembered i'd left the message masses love to everyone and coming back stronger Wales is amazing been swimming seen a seal razor clams hedgehog and an owl masses love stay strong stay true stay you and most importantly have really relaxing poos oh lovely carer there now i've said this a few times over the past year on here that I really am a strong believer of that you've got to do what you've got to do and what I mean by that is that if there comes a crisis if there comes that moment where you just need a little softness you need to see a friend you need to reach out and particularly you Kara like it's in the title of your name babe do you know what I mean little bit of respite I don't have qualms with it And I know there are people who are like, I've been doing this and da-da-da. And I ask those people to really interrogate the Tory and the policeman in their head, particularly now. Because, you know, I think there's a real difference for me between people who are like, I needed to escape. I drove to Wales to sit with a friend. Compared to the people on the fifth floor in the apartment block that I'm living in that had 100 people in their gaff just getting fucked on Friday night. Do you know what I mean? There's there's ways of going about things, ways of being responsible and irresponsible. And I reckon for the sanity of people, we've had to do what we needed to do. So I'm glad you've got that little bit of respite. And um, yeah, thanks for the reminder about having a relaxing shit.
<laughs> God bless you. Lovely to have you back, hon. Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Hi, everyone on the podcast. It's Fran, the pushy one that's still waiting for a badge, just saying. So many things to pick up on from this week's podcast. Like, I don't even really know where to start. But I think my biggest takeaway from it was I just wanted to thank you, Scotty, for the whole thing of make sure you've got your mask on before you help anyone else. Bit of a trigger warning about miscarriage, I guess. I should mention a previous best friend that was actually very unsupportive when I was pregnant and then subsequently lost that child, um, announced rather insensitively in the way it was done that he's expecting. And I think I have been sitting with a lot of feelings of grief and anger and guilt and resentment, which are 100% my own issues. But I've been really hard on myself about it, about not just feeling absolute joy and happiness, which of course I do, but I need to kind of, I think, still process my own grief. I guess I put it to the room. Does anyone have any help or advice with grief of any kind? But especially when there wasn't the... I struggle with the lack of there being a physical thing to grieve. I don't know, I'm just rambling now, but the grief's heavy. There's a lot in the news that brings things up. It's just a lot. Anyway, take care, everyone. Thanks, bye. Lovely Fran there. Do you know what? I love that Fran's becoming a bit of a regular around these ways. Because, you know me, I don't mean to cast aspersions, Fran, but I love a common old witch. And I can just tell that you are. And I say that with love, adoration and glory for you, sweet pea. So there's that. Um, When you were talking, I was really reminded of when I was about nine years old, my aunt miscarried and I was there when it happened. And I didn't really remember this until recently when my mum and my aunt brought it up because it's been coming up a lot for my aunt recently because apparently little wee Scotty just went into like mum mode, I think. So I started to help her pack her bags to get her to the hospital. I can't offer any roots through the type of grief that you're experiencing or have experienced. I'm sorry I didn't pick up on if this was something that has just happened or something that's happened in the past. But I reckon there might be other people in this room. But grief is something we experience in lots of different ways, isn't it? And I've spoken a lot on the podcast about my experience of grief and grieving, the perpetual grief of losing my grandfather is like a massive part of my life. You know, like I can sit here today and it doesn't hurt, but I might hear <laughs> it's ridiculous every time I hear black eyed peas I've got a feeling <laughs> well up because it was his favorite song <laughs> I can't really understand what it is to grieve when you don't have those like even those little cultural markers or those little bits and bobs but Listen up, thank you so much for sharing that story and that disclosure. I wonder, you know, other people in this room might have roots through a grief similar to that. Send you love, Fran. I've got to get you a regular badge, and I. Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Love the podcast. I've been listening since the beginning. Every week, there are so many interesting conversations and things that make me laugh, things that make me cry. But There's one thing that has been pissing me off a little bit, actually, Scotty. And that is how much you hate 
astrology. <laughs> it's sort of like with a lot of things, when they become trendy and they become memeified, there's only a very, very simplistic view that most people see of it. Like if you're thinking about horoscopes in terms of just like your sun sign, everybody's one of 12 things and it's all about predicting what the future's going to be, then yeah, astrology is a load of bullshit, but that's not really what astrology is about. And this is something that I've kind of been learning about for the last few years, sort of in tandem with having, I guess, a kind of existential crisis and starting to go to therapy and finding that actually there was something else that I needed. And I guess in some ways it's a kind of spirituality that's not based on anything that isn't real because planets are real and astrology is not so much about predicting the future and it's more about like a framework for reflecting on your own being and it all comes down to your your birth chart so rather than just oh you were born in March you're a Pisces you have a birth chart that's based on your exact time of birth and the location and then all together it creates this really complex picture that holds space for opposing truths, contradictions. And I think it's actually a really useful way of not only reflecting on ourselves, but reflecting on like how, as a society, we're completely obsessed with binaries. Part of what's really good in some ways about like astrology getting really trendy is that there are more people doing it and there's a lot of queer astrologers who are taking astrology and trying to teach it to the masses as a kind of tool for social justice and for a kind of reflective way of being that actually can really like comfort and hold all of us. I think you should get someone to do your charts, Scotty, and they'd probably tell you why it is that you hate astrology so much from looking at your chart. <laughs> Anyway, lots of love. Think you're amazing. Bye. Oh, lovely. What a lovely way to have started that message with, I love the podcast. I think more of that shit, actually. All of you ungrateful bitches out there just come straight in with, I've got a question. Look, we had a bit of appreciation there, but it's a shame that this person is so deeply traumatised and indoctrinated into the purple tie-dye crew, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe one day they'll be able to see through the um, wind chime and dream catcher that is uh, currently blinding their vision. <laughs> now, you know me, I'm very open-minded. <laughs> very open-minded. But I just think, I don't know, even after your very lovely, wordy, talky, nicey, oh, what about this explanation? I just think it's far too simplistic a view on the world. And I also don't believe in absolutism. So hear me out here. Okay, so someone has done my birth chart. Okay, Hansa, this isn't a misinformed part of who I am. But I just don't understand why, uh, obligatory burp, there you go, why people believe because they were born when a certain ball of gas was in a certain situation 
that it makes them more of a person with a sense of justice. <laughs> I just don't... <clears throat> I just don't get that. And so there is part of me that like really likes to go back to the science of these things as a recovering Catholic. I always really like to refer back to the science. The science. Whereas astrology is correct, where it's like, this star was here and this moon was here and that was there in that part of the sky. That is completely correct. Does that mean I am somehow dispositioned to be a certain way? I don't think it does. Not for me, no. And, you know, I've many a time had my Uranus rising. (laughs) Do you know what? I think the Greeks have got a lot to answer for. Homosexuality, well done. They were onto something there. Paedophilia, on the other hand, which they were also very quite keen on. Do you know what I mean? So I think when we look back to the ancient Greeks, who I think were probably the four founders of astrology, because, you know, all of the star constellations are named after Pegasus and all shite like that. I mean, do you know what? I actually don't care enough. Do you know what, hun? You do you. I'm glad it's bringing you a lot of joy. Yeah, can't wait for the onslaught of calls that are going to emerge from this one. And now it's usually that point of the show where I turn to the internet vision of Twitter and Apple Podcast reviews and say, oh, look at this nice thing that these people have said. Isn't it lovely? But not one of you pricks, cunts, or gender neutral bad word for regions of your body, have written anything on the internet. It's almost like I'm here wasting my time. You know, I don't know why I bother. So I'll tell you what, get yourself down that on that fucking internet and you better all say something fucking nice so that this time next week when I'm reading this bit out... I can inflate my fucking ego, all right? Because otherwise I'm going to fucking kick off. You forget, I've got most of your fucking telephone numbers and I've watched a lot of spy programmes, okay? Hashtag after the tone pod. We'd lovely to hear from you. <laughs> oh, she's on one today, isn't she? Yeah. Anyway, wanted to do a little bit of a shout out for our Patreons, the backstage crew, because there are like loads of you over there who we're so grateful for because it helps pay for the running costs of this establishment because contrary to popular belief it doesn't fucking like pay for itself Uh. oh i shouldn't have had that fizzy water all that brew it's repeating on me so a big shout out to hannah ollie natasha alex gabriella laura lisa simone laura again kate heidi victoria and providence Next week, I will read out the names of some other people who have been giving us their hard-earned cash for me to be able to insult the rest of you. Come and join us over there. It is quite a glorious experience. We all have a bit of a gossip with each other after an episode goes out, and we check in with each other at the start of the week. You can donate a pound a week, a pound an episode, for access over on patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Lovely. Let's get on with the show. Hi, Scotty Bab, it's Queenie here, which I believe, having listened to your podcast, is what you'd like to call your dog if you ever got one, so that's cute. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not into pup play, so I can't be your dog, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, You might struggle to spot my accent, and I know you love an accent, so I am from a beautiful spot of the world called Wolverhampton, which is down the road from Birmingham in the West Midlands of the UK, uh, which is very exciting. So I am currently on episode 12 of the podcast, a little bit late joining the party, sorry about that. 
I've been really keen to send a message and was thinking that I would be like really philosophical and like fancy and maybe speak to my future self but I've completely opted against that and actually just wanted to discuss that my friends on Thursday when your next episode comes out are going to adoption panel so we've got everything crossed for them and hopefully that all goes well but it really got me thinking that actually we as queer people really have to go through some hoops and nonsense in order to have children if that's what we want to do and i'm not suggesting that straight people have it easy and that they can have children with no bother but it's kind of almost a given as a queer person that we have to go through some like bullshit in order to get children if we if that's what we want and yeah i just really want just to voice that as a frustration with the world i guess but hopefully everything goes well from friends, fingers crossed. Loving the podcast, love what you do, and hopefully I'll send another message in the near future. Mwah! Hiya, Bab! Um, Queenie, now, lovely to have you in the room. Welcome. You sound like a bright character. I'm all about it. Now, I do know the work of Wolverhampton, because my producer, not producer Deb, producer Molly, who I make the live stuff with, she's from Dudley, which is down the way. And I tell you what, I have been to Wolverhampton with producer Deb. (laughs) Because producer Deb and me, we created some audio for one of my live shows called Putting Words in Your Mouth, in which we interviewed queer people who were members of LGBT EDL or were right-wing gayers essentially and we met a business person in Wolverhampton so there you go so I know the work of Wolverhampton well tell you what the architecture is quite lovely yeah I was quite surprised I thought it was going to be a shit tip but actually it looked quite nice there so well done you Queenie now adoption panel just FYI, people might not know this, but I did do that process and decided against it with my husband James Straight people, you said, don't have it easy. And actually, I'm going to go against that and say, absolutely, in that system and the system that I navigated, they have it far easier than queer people do. It was a deeply traumatic time for me. And it was really grim, actually. So much so that it really fucking put me off navigating that system where... At no point in that that time, 18 months, was we ever told that it could be possible that we could be parents. At no time during that process did anyone ever refer to families made up of different, you know, makeups. It was always mum and dad, mum and dad, mum and dad. And we spent a whole two hours with our social worker asking us what children would call us. I mean, I had social workers go around to my mum's house and say to my mum, isn't it great that Scotty came from nothing and now he's got everything he needs? Like, I said it to my mum. They dived into my past. Like, of course they have to. But, you know, like, looking at me on the internet and being like, "Mm, there's lots of pictures of you online. Like, you know, just highly scrutinising me, my work, what I stand for, which I just didn't see the same level of scrutiny for the straight couples that we were in the process with. You know, you see it because you're there. And they do this, like, bit of diversity training during your training, in which we were shown a Jane Elliott film from 1963, which had so much racial abuse in it. And then they just pressed stop and they were like, okay, lunchtime now. And we were like, what the fuck? 
is going on here? So I think for those of us who sit outside of white, middle-class, nuclear, cis, man-woman family, that system is completely fucked and it doesn't want you to take a child, essentially. It makes it very difficult for you to navigate that system. So... On that note, I hope your friends, (laughs) when they went to panel, I hope that they managed to get through. Because that's also just one of the first hoops. You know, the next hoop is choosing a child. Because then it gets even more fucked up where you start to go to play dates with like a whole bunch of children. I mean, it's just a wild system that's completely outdated based, I found, on evidence from the early 90s. When I was asking for evidence about how they navigate the system, I was shown papers from 1992. We have learnt a lot about child behaviour and about the sort of families whose children, unfortunately, have to be removed within that time. So, surely the system has to change, no? Anyway, Queenie, (laughs) I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I really hope that your friends have a great time. And I also hope that you uh, call in and join in again. It doesn't matter where you are, anybody who's listened to this in the stream of consciousness of After the Tone. You know, uh, Queenie has jumped in on episode 12. That was ages ago. I was a nice person back then. Hi, Scotty, producer Deb and everybody. Uh, It's uh, not Colin calling from Glasgow. Um... Yeah, about my headaches from last week. I always thought I was fine. Like, um, I think what I had was a thunderclap headache, which is common enough to be on the internet. So I, I don't know what it's like in the, the wider world. I wasn't worried, but then getting to the hospital meant that I had to wait for all the tests just to make sure that nothing bad had actually happened. They kind of refused to let me leave until they knew for sure that I wasn't going to drop dead at any moment. Um, uh, Also, about not having sex, I don't say that I'm asexual. I wouldn't mind having sex again. It's just not a big thing. Like, I think once a year is pretty good. Yeah, never really been in a good relationship. So if I was, then I'd probably be happy to have sex more often, but confidence, doubt, self-esteem, body issues, yeah, a narcissistic, manipulative first ex-boyfriend. I think all those are reasons, or layers of reasons. Um, Thanks for the podcast, really enjoyed it. Yeah, (laughs) thanks, bye. Colin. Colin, Colin, Colin. (laughs) You know it's going to stick now. I'm so sorry, babe. Now, do you know what? Sometimes if I don't know what things are, I'm just going to Google them. So you'll just have to wait with me whilst I Google what a thunderclap headache is. Because I've never heard of it. Oh, it's so common. It's on the NHS. Oh, it's an aneurysm. Sudden agonising headaches has been described as a thunderclap headache, similar to a sudden hit on the head resulting in a blinding pain, unlike anything experienced before. A stiff neck, sickness and vomiting, and pain looking at light. Sounds like me on ecstasy in 2005. (laughs) Three in five people who have a... Here we go. Subaranoid hemorrhage, subaranoid hemorrhage, die within two weeks. Oh my God, Colin, you're lucky to be alive. No wonder why you approach having it off with caution. 
Now, I do want to pick up on some of those things you said about where you sit within those things of like asexuality or something that sort of came up to me was about like whether or not I guess you might identify, I'm sort of definitely projecting here, I don't know at all, as demisexual, which is, you know, to create an emotional connection of some sort before that feels like a possibility. I totally hear all of those things about confidence and doubt. Only recently, I've started to fancy myself. (laughs) That might come as a shock to a few people, but... um, I'm quite confident as a person, but you ask me to get my kit off and I'm like, yeah, because I've got a great fat body and, you know, I understand what that represents. But um, you ask me to get my kit off in a sexy way, doubt completely creeps in, as does those things about confidence and judgment and something that always comes up for me as a fat person is whether or not, like, I'll take my clothes off and then the other person will be like, ha, joke. I mean, it's something that I think many of us fear, regardless of what our bodies look like, is that sense of, like, adequacy. And past relationships really do shape those thoughts and feelings, don't they? I can go through my past relationships and see how I felt in response to how they interacted with my body. And sometimes you pick up habits. So Colin, listen, it's lovely to have you back and thank you for giving us a bit more of an update. I hope you call again. (laughs) And maybe one time you'll tell us what your actual name is. But for now, Colin, it's wonderful that you've been calling in. Hi Scotty, hi producer Deb, hi uh, the carer, hi uh, that JRF and all the other lovelies out there. How are you doing? Hope you are all good. Baby gay, back again. And I just want to respond to that caller last week about the sexy time headache because, oh my God, basically the same thing happened to me a few years ago. I was doing dead well in school. I was about to sit my A-levels and then I went out for my 18th and said, nah, fucking hell. And I fell down the flight stairs in the club, proper like bonked me head. But I didn't think anything of it because you just don't really feel it when you're pissed, do you? Anyway, a few months later, I was about to sit my first exam and I got taken into the hospital for a week. And they gave us like the whole, oh, you know, you might die kind of spiel. And I was like, oh, brilliant. And basically, I'd had this like cyst on my brain since I was born. And it kind of ruptured when I'd bashed my head. And so, oh God, I was dead poorly with it. I was in that hospital for a year. It was mental, obviously, fucked all my exams. But I was meant to be doing medicine of all bloody things. And now I'm an artist. So massive blessing in disguise, I think. Anyway, so much love to you. I am so glad you are back. It makes me day. Big hugs and see you later. Oh, I tell you what, one of my favourite calls, the baby gay. Absolutely one of my favourite calls because... It just gives me hope for the, the next generation. Look at me, the next generation. This one's probably about three generations gap from me. The audacity to me to be like, you know, the next generation, because I'm so young. Jesus, I'm 36 this year. Let's not talk about that. So, Baby Kate, you were in hospital for a fucking year. You were in hospital for a year. You were supposed to be going into medicine, and you were like... No, art. (laughs) Essentially, you did a placement in a hospital setting and you were like, "Mm, no, I think I'm going to be creative instead. Although, I wonder, and you can 
call back and tell us this, whether or not that change in your brain, I don't know if there was an actual change, I'm sort of making it up, made you go, oh, I want to be creative. I'll tell you why, because my cousin back home, he had brain surgery and before brain surgery was just very much like a member of my family, very shy, very retiring. Don't be looking at me like that. Yes, there are moments where I'm a shy person and there are shy people in my family. Now, has the brain surgery, comes back completely mental, will like make up really bizarre jokes all the time and like dig you in the ribs the whole time. I mean, it's a real shift in the person. So, um, you know, there's that. So I wonder whether or not that fall down the stairs turns into creativity. Discuss. Why did Mozart kill all of his chickens? Because he asked them who their favourite composer was and they all went, bug, 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 bug. <laughs> Sorry, I was sort of stunned there, waiting for something else. <laughs> but no, that that was it. Great. You know, the take home there for me isn't the joke; it's the laugh because there is uh, Debbie. I'd like us to listen to that again before the end of the show. Because there is a series of laughs there which are like, this is funny, I'm laughing at my own joke, to I'm going to fucking kill you, bitches. (laughs) Let's hear that laugh again. (laughs) Weird, isn't it? (laughs) Fab. I quite like a sinister call to end on. And that's it for another week. We've really done the rounds, haven't we? And lots of return corners, which is really lovely. It gives the carer and that JRF a little bit of respite, best them. Do you know what I mean? They can't be hoarding this up on their own. Lovely to hear from the baby gay, Kim here, and Colin and Fran again. Um, Wow. And also new callers. I love it all. Do you know what? Oh, look at me. I started off as a mardi old bitch and then I used bitches all chip away at me for about an hour and I've suddenly become like a nice person. So um, there's that. As I promised at the top of the show, if there is anything you'd like to join in the conversation of, I mean, we've really gone in on, um, what's it called, that stuff in the sky? Hocus Pocusy uh, Astrology. <laughs> Really gone in on that. Fun to clap, headaches, miscarriage and grief with lovely Fran there and folding your pants with Michelle. So there's a lot to respond to, but also you might just want to like say something that's on your mind. So do join in the conversation because it is lovely having you. All you need to do is open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 0788 and remember, we'd love to hear from you on the internet, side eye emoji, hashtag after the tone POD. And do consider joining us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone, because your donations help us keep on air. Right, uh, that's it for another week. I'm going to have another cup of tea and um, get about my day. Oh, it's been lovely. See you in a bit. Shh. After the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. 
After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, edited by Debbie Kilbride, and is a Debbie Productions production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.